Welcome to the Loyal Locals Podcast. I am Drew Steck. I am the Vice President and Secretary of the Locals. I'm here with three esteemed guests tonight, um, slash guest hosts. Uh, they are here to help facilitate our ease into the off-season after the match that shall not be discussed more than like 10 to 15 minutes at length. Tom Blick, our Director of Stadium Operations. What's up, man? It's good to have you back That's on the podcast. Me. Hello. Tom, I'm never on the podcast, Blick. Good to have you on the podcast. That's being changed to rarely on the podcast now. Okay. That's good. It's an upgrade. We're, we're upgrading. We're upgrading. Yeah, yeah. We also have Nate Wiggins, uh, one of our newer Congress members, but not the newest. We just admitted a new one, so you're no longer the new kid in class. You are uh, officially a, a, a veteran Congress member now, a senior Congress member. There you go. Does this mean I get to tell the new kid what to do? Somewhat, yeah. So the new kid being Nick Duffy, who we had on last week. uh, He's got a birthday coming up this week, so happy birthday, Nick, uh, as well, to our uh, fellow uh, person of the Northwest Mesa um, quadrant. Uh, Anyway, Nate, great to have you on, man. I'm I'm happy that I was finally able to make it on. I know I've been kind of joking with you about this for a while, uh, but yeah, no, super, super excited to to be on uh although i you know it is annoying that i got to share the stage with blake but you know what we don't always get what we want <laughs> tom blake is out he has hung up his mic and walked away we also the, the, plan is the, proceeding the as joyous expected. laughter you hear there is uh is paul naku our director of instagram that's not an official title but he does direct our instagram and runs our instagram loyal local 13 as the kids call him uh and the actual like at symbol for his his account paul good to have you man yeah thanks for having me it's kind of weird because i'm probably the quietest person <laughs> but we'll see how this goes <laughs> you have good insights i think when i ask you questions you always have really great answers so that's why i wanted to have you on i also think you do a lot of really good stuff for the group that um is just always there i think it's it's one of those things where i always look at the instagram there's always interesting stuff and it's one of those things where you, you've always got an interesting take or a way to spin something where I'm like, how are you going to do content today? And you've always got a great way of doing it. So uh, I, you're a creative mind that I'm sure we'll, we'll find some fun uh, facets of that here in the conversation today. So what are you guys drinking? I'm uh, cracking open, as I said, for dramatic effects, a can that matches the kind of the Austin jersey behind me there. It's a Diamond Drive Modern Times Hazy Tropical Double IPA. Fancy. Oh, that's good. That's real good. What about you, Tom? It's like a sip in there. Got one of my favorite IPAs. Got a Swami from Pizza Port. Yeah, that's solid. It's very good. Big fan. Can't of that. go wrong Big there. Fan of the kook. Nate, you got it. You got a beer over there. What are you, what are you drinking? I do. Yes, uh, oh, folks wow. know. Folks know that I love <laughs> Coronado. Uh, so I just no really. Got the, Got the Coronado weekend vibes. Um, in this is actually not my Coronado mug though. This is a mug. I don't know if y'all can see it, but it's got Kobe on the side. My good friend Aaron Kendrick uh, got me this mug. Uh, so shout out to her. But yeah, Coronado weekend vibes. Can't really go wrong with it. Yeah, I mean, hilariously large vo- mug of uh, weekend vibes you got there. And it is Thursday going into Friday, so we are channeling the weekend it, vibes. It is almost Friday. Season. Yep. It's yeah, when the man, doctor so says you can only have one can. Yeah, I think it's legally the weekend-ish, uh, however you want to put that. So 
we are going to digress. Um, I will say today, too, it's, it is a Thursday. We are doing this on Veterans Day. Um, I do want to say just real quick, shout out to anybody who's a veteran within the locals, within Loyal, within the just vet, like greater soccer sphere of San Diego. Thank you for what you do. Thank you for um, what you did, uh, especially in the years of service that you put in to you know, make us be able to do stuff like this and talk about soccer and, and be silly and and do this as, as opposed to having to worry about, you know, what's going on with the security of our country. So we really do appreciate everything that you've done, everything you continue to do in our communities. I think veterans are some of the most amazing people I've always met and still continue to do amazing things after they get out of the service. So um, it's good that we have a day to celebrate them. You guys have any thoughts on Veterans Day? Any stories? No, it sounded I'm like just... somebody was cocking a gun, but I think that was a beer. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, Paul, I didn't ask you what you were drinking, but I know that you're you're not feeling uh, totally up t- to uh, 100% drinking health. So, what what, what you sipping on? Yeah, just drinking some water. So, that's a great just that's water. a great great brew. Always goes down smooth. I made up a three quarters of that beer actually, surprisingly. Um, <laughs> I think I mean, it seems like I'm full of hot air most of the time, yeah. but. It's good to, good to hydrate. We encourage hydration on this podcast. We lost Paul for a second. We'll get him back, I'm sure. So moving on to the thing I'm trying to stall because I'm trying to talk about veterans and be nice uh, to to the people who mean some of the most to uh, to all of us. But the other people who mean the most to all of us is the Loyal Soccer Club. And we did not have a good game on Friday. <laughs> I think that's the, the best way of putting it. So we went to San Antonio. Let's set the scene here. On a Friday after, uh, Friday evening uh, is the game. Friday almost almost afternoon for us at, at a 6 p.m. kickoff. And um, it was, to say the least, a, a buildup where we thought going in, we had a shot. I think we thought we had a fighter's chance. Most teams traveling on the road, you're a three seed playing a two seed. You think you have a shot. And then just in general, we thought we were a pretty good team all year. I think we played like a second seed most of the year. So to have, you know, this away game in the playoffs, you felt like, I, I think we have a good shot. We match up well. We like to press and, and play high. They like to sit back a little bit. Felt like we just needed to unlock them. And really what ended up happening was was not that. We we didn't unlock them, and we played a bit into their game early on and, and then settled down and seemed to hold on to the ball. But two goals in the first half from from San Antonio made it feel like Really rarely have we seen this club come back, uh, you know, one or two games by multiple goals. And unfortunately on the road in that situation, it just felt like they were going to pass the ball around a bit. So if you look at statistics, um, you know, you can break it down a few ways, 70% possession. But typically if a team is behind, they're going to let you hold the ball a little bit more uh, unless you're a very pressing team. And it just seemed like we, we came in, we tried to do what we wanted to do. We had more shots on target, way more shots on target, but they were just deadly. They're, they they used to be called the Scorpions, actually, the, the club there, San Antonio Scorpions FC. And I think what happened was we got stung by the Scorpion, right? Just that deadly, you thought it was going to be the pinchers, but the tail just gets you, gets you twice, took us down for the count. Uh, Nate, you were there with me at the Stone Watch Party, which we'll get to in a second, kind of the scene and the vibe there a little bit. How did you experience the the goals for San Antonio? And what was your kind of feeling going in and then your feeling after the goals, I guess? 
Well, I, I was not confident going into uh, last Friday um, just with the run of form that uh, we had been on in the past month or so. So I, I was not feeling great going into it. And I was actually watching the USL preview show on ESPN Plus a couple of days before, and they made the point that this season we were 3-8-3 three, and three against playoff teams. And when I saw that stat, I was like, I was blown away. I don't think we had beaten a playoff team since I believe it was July. And so just with all that, I, I just had a bad feeling going into it. Um, and then when San Antonio scored those two goals, because they were in such quick succession, it, it was like a sucker punch. It was like boom, boom. And then from there, I, I just uh, deflating feeling. Um, and, and I felt like, you know, even when we had chances in attack, that game could have gone on for another two hours. And I don't think we would have scored. Uh, and you know, I, I am, I am naturally a, a negative, uh, more negative sports fan, a little bit more jaded than uh, other people are. So not, not to, not to ruin the vibes, <laughs> you know, not, not, to, not, to, not to come in here and, you know, uh, you know, rain on and even, you know, already cloudy parade, but I just, I didn't feel confident going in. And, um, the, as soon as they scored twice, it was like, God damn, you know, like, uh, get, getting punched real quick. And it was just couldn't get back up off the mat after that. Yeah, it it felt like they were just going to hold the ball, right, Tom? I, I think that's kind of the concession where we were. It just felt like there was screams of shoot, screams of just play the ball in the box. We would recycle the ball back, right? I mean, there was there was what were what was your feeling when you saw the ball going backwards after like fifty it, or sixty minutes in, and we're like, <laughs> we need to put shots on, and and we got shots on. But what was your feeling? It was pain because the worst thing you can do when you're down to nothing, to nil, even in a playoff game, even in a regular season game, is just sit back with the ball and just recycle it 20 times. And we see Landon do this just about every game. And it's it's quite annoying that it feels like we have to recycle it through Yarrow 15 to 20 times before we can make inroads, before we can get to the box and make an attacking run. Um, so I don't know if that's because we don't trust who's ever up top if we don't have the creativity in the middle. Um, but it just, it, it was annoying to see and we didn't stray away from that because it's always recycle, get it out to Elijah, cross it, hope for the best. The stats would support that. I, I, I think that you're looking at exactly, if you look at the heat map for the game for us, there it looks like a butterfly. Two big things like down the sides, Kind of not not all the way to the side, but definitely out to the sides, and just a strip in the middle where nothing happened, and it's actually almost a valley in terms of some of the touch map. If you look at the touch map, highly to the sides, and the alleyways, not so much in the middle, and that's something throughout the season we saw a little bit. I think in terms of generation and, and what we tried to do as a team, but it, it's it's pretty crazy to look at. So yeah, Tom, I think the the anecdotal. Not always does the data and the the thought line up, but I mean everything we look at just says this game was a a dud. It, it was something where we we had a game plan, we even played our game plan, but we didn't generate chances that were meaningful in a way to score goals. And and if you can't do that, as Nate said, I think we could have played another two hundred minutes. I don't know if that team was going to. Ooh, sorry from this wonderful IPA here. Uh, Paul, you're not drinking, uh, so <laughs> let me get your thoughts on the game so you, since you're not going to burp halfway through your analysis. But I, I do think that there is, it, it felt like there was, 
almost just a, a log jam. There wasn't anyone who came out thinking they were going to score that night or, or trying to make the game theirs. And once we got punched in the mouth, it was, um, you know, there, there was no hope um, to come off the bench because Jack had to go off kind of early, it seemed like, as sub, right? And so once Toomey came on, it kind of felt like that was the one ace in the hole we had was to maybe bring Toomey on for Jack. Did you think it was the right decision to start Jack? I guess I'll lay that at you, Paul, and then I'll take a stab at it. But do you think it was the right decision to start Jack, seeing as he got injured early and you know had to waste that sub on Toomey and bring him in in, in the earlier part of the game? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think it is kind of tough to try to bring Blake in from the start because he hadn't been playing and he's just kind of he was recovering and this was like his real first game and it's hard to like throw someone in like that i wish we could have had someone in there earlier so i don't know see how the game went instead of having him start but um yeah it was surprising he i don't know if he got injured or if he was really subbed out because he wasn't performing but yeah just i don't know it didn't it didn't seem right he was limping off a little bit, so I think it was just because he, he took a couple knocks there real early on, but it was only two to three knocks, and he's a very physical player, so you'd think they were to count for that, but it just not, it wasn't right. Nothing was right. They weren't you know putting it together. It didn't seem like anybody was personally going to make the difference, and it, it just seemed like every pass they played, it was a clunky first touch, or it was a ball that went just wide, or it was a ball that... Um, got a little bit too much run on it, even though the the player had the right run on it. And the, again, just felt like not our night. Things like uh, if you want to really break down the goals, which I'm not going to, uh, Grant Stoneman had one where it seemed like he just watched the ball go over his head. <laughs> like how many times have we seen him be so solid off the line on headers and so you know de- demanding in the, in the box, especially during set pieces? He's been one of the people who's who saved us a lot. And Yarrow, and just both of them seem to uh, Yarrow being his first game back in a while, maybe just wasn't able to be there. But again, it wasn't on him either of the goals. I think it was definitely more on Callum and, and Grant the two, if you look at him. But it just felt like we couldn't we couldn't do anything correctly. And the two to three chances that San Antonio had, they buried. And the ten or so that we tried, um, almost felt like they were like a joke. It, it was just not not the right shots at the right time and. And to say any more, I mean, I, I'm not going to have fond memories of this game. I think what I'm going to look back on and is say, hey, our first playoff game, a lot of teams don't make the playoffs. This club almost made the playoffs last year and should have. You know, I think we all rightfully think the team should have made the playoffs and would have if they were allowed to play their games. And uh, in the case of this club this year, made the playoffs and, and got there. Do I think there's some retooling that needs to happen? Yeah, and, and Landon, uh, in his post-game speech, there's a great video series that the club did around this. They did a video before, two videos before, uh, the second one being kind of the send-off at the airport, and then the third one they released uh, just here right after the match this week, and they you know, had the behind-the-scenes look at Landon's post-game speech. Really said that he was proud of the guys, the best year of his life, Anything that you guys took away from that video, and I'll kind of open this up to anybody who wants to jump in, anything you took away from that video with Landon talking to the guys? And for me, at least, I've been very almost shocked that the season's over, and that at least helped me have some catharsis hearing, you know, the skipper give a a speech there for everybody, I guess. I guess for me, it just 
that, that kind of helped me realize that it's not over. Like this isn't just a one season thing. Like this thing that we've had our one season of being there. Um, it felt like at times, like, is this a dream? Is this, will this ever end? And I felt like when we kind of underperformed in the playoffs and, and we need to reach our ultimate goal. Uh, I was sad at first. I was like, this is it. But then when, when you hear Landon and you hear the other players talk about, this is just kind of the beginning. Uh, we've accomplished a lot as a club and an organization, a supporters group. And uh, I just keep forgetting that this is our first year. And just to know that uh, Landon and everyone is just hungry for more to come just kind of made me feel like let's go next year <laughs> yeah. we had a shot at a playoff game till the last game of the season you know at home yeah. and and i think that's something to say like that's not a lot of teams just get in in the fourth place you know oakland was just happy to get in they're making noise they're still doing great but they were just happy to be there so there is something to be said about how well they played how far this group has come and certain players that have especially grown you know hugely and actually Hackworth is one of those that I think we didn't talk about a lot this year but I, I honestly think has actually grown even though he didn't play a lot but when he did start was super impactful and he's much more um, there was things last year where you'd almost see him get run by a bit but it, it's definitely a growth from him personally and I think every single player you can point to and say they started the year here and they finished the year in a better place and it's very difficult to point to teams where that's the case and so that that's a successful year from a coaching standpoint they put him in a position to make the right you know, soccer plays, as he likes to say. But, you know, ultimately it became, came up short and, you know, you just get, you got ransacked and things didn't go your way. Is there a change from a tactical standpoint that needs to be done moving forward um, based on what we've seen, based on the fact that everybody seemed happy almost with the outcome of the match to say, oh, well, we, we tried and we just, you know, didn't execute or is it something where maybe it's too complicated or maybe they're just trying to do something that's not going to work for USL level players or the players that we sign um, when we had talents like Miguel Berry, obviously, and, and Rubio Rubin, you saw that, ex you know, excelling to a different level and, and saw them interpreting and doing things that made us look unstoppable. But when you don't have someone like that, it almost feels like you can't, you know, you're fighting against yourself almost. So, you know, Nate, I would say, do you think that there needs to be a change, uh, you know, speaking to your other fellow tactical Nate on inside of the uh, coaching room there? Or do you yeah, think you no, stick I'll, with what we've got? I'll, no, I'll, I'll talk to Nate at the, the, the annual Nate conference. There no, um, I, I do think that there needs to be a, a bit of a tactical change. And I'm going to say this with a caveat of like, I am not, when it comes to soccer tactics, I'm nowhere near an expert, not even close. Uh, but I just, I feel like there were times where, you know, it, it was clear that what, uh, Landon and Nate were trying to do just did not work with the personnel that we had. Um, and it's like, you know, I do equate it to like basketball. I, you know, I used to coach basketball and it's like, if you want to, you know, play a certain style, you, you know, you can't play, you know, a Princeton offense with, you know, the same group of guys, you know, you got to, uh, adapt your ideas to the group that you have. And yeah, you may want to play a certain way, but if you don't have the personnel, then you can't do it. Um, and so, yeah, I, I do think that there needs to be some sort of switch in um, 
the way that we play tac- tactically. And, you know, you gave the example of how it worked with guys like uh, Barry. Uh, but the issue with a guy like that is, well, you know, if you have a guy on loan, you don't know when he's going to get recalled back to his MLS club. And that's exactly what happened with Barry. And I think that there was a definitely a switch in the, you know, how well this team was able to perform in the final third when Barry was in there versus when he went back to Columbus. And I know that that's something that uh, Tom and I have, have talked about um, ad nauseum Tom and I, for those of you that don't know, we stand next to each other in one Oh nine. And exactly. You know, we, we <laughs> okay, each other. We all right. each other. <laughs> um, but yeah, no long winded way of saying that. I do think that there needs to be some sort of tactical switch. And again, I'm not going to sit here and say what that is. Cause I don't know. I, 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 see where you're where you're coming from just as a, as a casual fan who's just the armchair you know hey this is i'm not casual in the way of you being casual but in the way of you just saying tactically you know you're more casual i think it's it's hard to watch what they did and not be frustrated you heard groans uh, and we haven't really heard that intersection before you know we we didn't hear that most of the year and so i will say to their credit i think it, the exciting style that is what they keep saying landon in every interview i want to play an exciting style of soccer i want to make sure that it's fun to watch and, you know, to all degrees, we've compared them to Liverpool. And I know Nate's a very big, um, you know, disciple of Klopp in some ways in terms of how he he likes to play. And so I do think that there's a lot of similarities there in terms of watching something that never really bored us, right? At least the games were exciting, even if they might have been losing sometimes and helter-skelter, it was, it was fun. But there was a sense of, do the players know what they're doing? Yes, most of the season. But does that result in where you need to go. And I think that's where they kept frustrating with us sometimes where they're like, we played really well and we would go, but we tied or we lost. What does that mean? So that's, that's where I think for us as fans, we need to see production. And then obviously production means winning means goals. But I do think bringing in somebody like Corey this year, starting the season with somebody like Barry, even though he did get recalled on loan, you want to look forward and say, we need more dynamic, even goal scoring. And so maybe, you know, we'll talk about this in a second. You have to look at your soccer budget and make those tactics match somebody who you're spending money on. Um, And when you bring in a big name signing to any club or you bring in any signing to a club, you want to make sure that they're a fit. But sometimes you have to make that fit work a little bit, right? And tailor a bit of your club to make it fit for them. So I think that that's where don't compromise culture, don't compromise ideals. But I would like to see us say, you know what, this guy plays a little bit differently, but let's take advantage of that as opposed to having to make them play differently than how they might have played previously in their career, right? And so I think that's, I saw some of that this year. I think I saw some players playing maybe different positions than they played in their career before. And as they either went back to something they were more familiar with or they changed a little bits of the system to make it to where that player had more access. Guido, for example, going from more of an upfront 10 to more of an eight, um, you know, that would be one that's that's very specific, but... It happened in a few different places where players maybe were asked to come more up the field or play more defensively. Uh, Elijah being one of those specifically, again, this year that was asked to do a little bit more in both areas and succeeded, right? So it's where you see players grow as well as sometimes where they're asked to do tactical things they weren't asked to do before and maybe don't succeed. So it it does go both ways. Any other thoughts on tactics? Otherwise, I was going to get to the stone part of this and their tactics on the night were very flawed. So... (laughs) Possession, they held about 70% of the possession of the beers in the first half. Um, Just to say, Stone, we love you. Um, You're all over the wall behind me here. 
and will adorn shirts of ours for years. But it's one of those things where, for me, that was a very interesting, um, just like adding to the hellscape of being in the playoffs. And we thought we were going to be outside, possibly. We ended up being inside. Outside was a great venue last time. And that actually worked really, really well because they sectored us off and we could order via an app and stuff. And so that worked really well. But going to this party, it was just really funny where everybody ended up inside. Wasn't enough chairs and fighting for beers in the first half. Uh, I'm glad we all made it out alive, guys, right? They we just weren't prepared. Oh, I <laughs> yeah. survived. They just weren't prepared. I dressed like we were going to be club outside. did a great job. Yeah, and yeah. the servers were trying their best. There mm-hmm. just was no tactical decision to either segment the party in some way or have like a good idea for it. So, you know, we openly apologize to anybody that we can. I know the club does as well to say like, hey, this wasn't exactly the design of how we wanted this to go for some people. But it was it shows the community we have where people weren't super frustrated. They were very orderly. They were very nice. I, I think with other fan groups of other sports in America that could have gotten worse and much more ugly and much less fun than it than it was, even though we did, you know, and were losing uh, for, for the majority of the match. So I, I think that, that it was, you know, one of those things where you live, you learn and you hope the next time they do a better job if they're ever going to do this again. And it, it was just one of those things where I kind of laugh at it now looking and going, wow, that was really just like a pressure cooker situation for all of us. I think a little bit to, to say for the night, but I felt oh well, Oh no, 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 I, I felt, I felt like kind of, I felt bad for obviously, you know, the, the, uh, workers and the servers because, you know, he yeah. got this giant influx of people but then it also looked like there were like a couple wedding parties going on like right next to where we were at so i felt kind of bad for the people that were like oh let's have our wedding at stone or let's have our wedding party at stone and now oh here comes 300 you know people that are making a bunch of noise um so i want to apologize to those you know wedding uh those couples and i hope you know that you have a a long and happy marriage uh Mm -hmm. but yeah it, it was a very interesting experience but um it was it was also just nice to see everyone uh given the fact that you know it was a playoff game and it was you know we did end up losing it was like dang like i don't know when's the next time that we're all going to be together in a space like this so it, it was great um just to you know to to be there to see everyone i you know parked my car and the first person i saw actually was tom you know uh and sorry to yeah. ruin your night <laughs> <laughs> you, you said it, not me. Um, I know. But yeah, just an interesting experience, but, uh, you know, always always great to come together um, and uh, celebrate or, you know, be sad. At least, you know, you got your got your buddies with you. And, yeah. and going away from being negative this most of this time right now, it was really oh, was nice to see. I was oh, I'm going to be positive right now. I'm going to be positive yeah. right now. It was really nice to see that many people care about a one-off playoff game. Totally. That's what I was going to say. Whether it was majority bandwagon people hearing about us for the first time and wanted to check it out to the, or the diehards like us go to every game that we can do what we can for the club and the supporters group, just seeing everybody come together in one spot and just show support for a San Diego team. It was it was really something to see, and hopefully it it continues into increased ticket sales for next year, uh, increased season tickets for next year, more people in 109, expanding out into the surrounding sections too. One of the few teams in town to actually go to the playoffs. No shots fired, but 
maybe maybe gauged. Maybe I gauged up some shots, but I did not fire them. Um, <laughs> it was it was looking very, at you. Goals. It was one of those things. Yeah. Drew coming was, from the top yeah. row. I know, right? <laughs> it was one of those things where you look around, and you go, "Wow, this is like." And you're seeing phases you you've seen all throughout the year, which was cool, and just having everybody at one watch party. It was like certain mm-hmm. watch parties you'd have maybe fifty percent of the the people who come to all the watch parties. Then at other watch parties, you have a rotating 50 or 60 or 70%, depending on how big of a night it is, what the night schedule was, Saturdays versus Sundays, all that kind of stuff. This one was really cool because it was just like everyone was there. And, you know, that was the problem. There was so many people that wanted to come to this that I don't think anyone was prepared for that amount of people. So in that case, we broke stone. Congratulations, everybody. We did it. <laughs> we broke the stone. And like King Arthur uh, with a sword, we did it. Um, but yeah, that it was, it was a beautiful moment, even though the night didn't end where we wanted it to, it was very fun. It had a, it had a cool atmosphere. It was one of those things where it was like, Hey, this is what, what are these people going to what's happening here? What's going on? So I, I revel in that and I hope we can do more of that next year and moving forward because a year before, and if we, we didn't make the playoffs, but if we would have, we wouldn't have been able to do that at all, <laughs> you know? And so it shows how far we've come and congrats everybody for doing what we needed to do. But that's, you know, I, I take that as progress as well, right? As society. So, so we look around us and we look inward uh, and we say it's pretty good. But one of the things that was the coolest part about going to that watch party was that Andrew, our chairman gave a speech at the end of the watch party where he stood up on a chair and he said, thanks to everybody for coming after we did the San Diego, we are chant like six times. And then uh, Andrew gets up on a chair and he, it's like, hey, I'm Andrew. And he had a mic and he was trying to talk and then the mic died. He's like, I'm just going to yell it now. And then he yelled most of his speech. And so it was really cool to have the chairman there with everybody, number one, right? In the middle of everybody. So we're all having this like not terrible experience, but definitely colorful experience at Stone. And, you know, having the chairman there with all of us, I think it, it endeared me a bit too to say like, hey, he's here. He's with everybody, which is really nice. And he's never been the guy who wouldn't be but was hanging out and then jumped up at the end of the night, almost like where I think people didn't realize he was there, right? Which was kind of cool. And gave this speech where he just said, thank you to everyone. Thank you for everything. This is honestly, you know, one of the, he feels like from an investment standpoint, it's worth every dollar, if not more. And we'll commit to putting actually a bigger soccer budget. He said at the top of the league next year. So that's one of the things of note. And we're going to break down a few of these things of note because they're much more interesting than the game we watched. So we're going to have the soccer budget at the top of the year, as we were saying, signing players that work either for the system or players that are so good that they don't need a system, right? Like Zlatan. Um, we don't, not Zlatan, but, you know, that's the mold we're looking for here. So, you know, six foot five uh, Swedish strikers, that would be great. So, you know, Alan is also available, I, th- I guess, as well. Um, yeah. What do you guys think? Who, who would be, you know, we, we, most of us don't have a scope of USL and uh, MLS players, but what would be your style of, since we were talking a little bit about strikers, and we'll talk about players that are returning here in a second, striker, who would be your ideal signing for this club, I guess, in terms of the profile that you're looking for? Paul, I'll go to you first. Uh, someone that can score goals. <laughs> <laughs> is there a type of player? Is there a player? Very, there that you very, very. This guy would work really I mean, well in our system, I, or I think like they would feed really well off of you know Elijah or whatever. Yeah, I just feel like there's there's definitely a system in play here, but I feel like a lot of some 
I think the most impressive goals for me are the people that just took it upon themselves and like, this is my shot. I'm going to score. I'm going to go around two or three people and shoot the ball. Cause there is definitely opportunities like they can, that are easy, like layups. But I feel like we sometimes we can't wait for those moments. Like we really have to like be aggressive. And I think to me, that's what we were missing. I saw it a little bit in Guido, like if he didn't fall down and he stayed on his feet, he had a really good shot and goal. So just kind of like those type of players, just like, I don't care. I'm not going to go for the penalty. I'm going to go for the goal type of thing. Totally. Yeah. You guys got any, you guys got any? Yeah. If we could just um, find the identical twin of Miguel Berry, that would be fantastic. Grow another Miguel Berry in a lab. Exactly. There's, there's gotta be science out there that can do it. Well, uh, my choice, I'll give you my ideal world choice. And then like the real world, um, ideally, you know, Kylian Mbappe is a free agent at the end of the year. So, uh, you know, maybe, maybe putting a call to, uh, to his dad, but probably not, you know, the, the best, uh, most, you know, realistic option. Um, but I would really like to see us hold on to Augie Williams. And I know we're going to get into, you know, uh, players returning and, and, and players, you know, that, that may or may not be coming back, but. Uh, I mean, he was, as someone who does also follow the LA Galaxy, I mean, he was buried deep, deep, deep in the depth chart. Um, he was not getting playing time. And so I think that, you know, for him to uh, get loaned out to us, I, I thought that he was, you know, when he got the service that he needed, he was a very, very clinical striker uh, in the final third. So I would love to see, you know, see us bring him back. I'm not, you know, really sure what that would entail since, you know, he will be going back to uh we'll be going back to the galaxy, but you know, I, I would love to see him on the team next year. I, th- I think he would be perfect. So long as that you also sign players that, um, you know, can get him the, the right service. I, I would agree with that. I think when he was getting the right balls in, he looked fantastic. And as soon as that died a bit, it, it went away. Jack Metcalf was a big reason for his success. When Jack stopped playing as much, there was less through balls through to Augie Williams to, to play well. So, there is there is a number of players too that I think we might have a chance to sign to contracts that might have not looked at contracts from us before, or we might have been trying to get on a loan or on a lesser deal. That's going to be interesting too. Tom, who who are you looking for? Like I said, the identical twin of Miguel Berry. If he's somewhere out there, because we I if we're going to be ideal, I I would like to see a switch to like a. I hate to say it because I hate Liverpool, but like whatever Liverpool does, the holding. Four three threes, uh, the false nine four three three, yeah, and find somebody that can play that ball. Have your wingers just cut inside, and then just grind out those goals. Get them in yeah. there, then everybody just presses on down and finds the dirty goal. The best goals people score are the dirty ones because they just come from everything. Well, and our our wingers almost seem to be most dangerous, you know, with Toomey and Jack and, um, you know when they're coming in from towards goal, right? Almost when they're coming back to goal, when they almost overrun goal and come back to it, it seems like they play some of either the most dangerous goals directly right into the box, straight at the net, or, you know, over to a player just in terms of a pass that's almost a surefire goal from the, you know, goal probabilities, you know, statistics. So it is pretty amazing to see in terms of what's there, um, you know, in front of us. That was one of the crazy things he said. He said, I'm also going to get in trouble for some of the things I say. 
Like, hey, we're going to have Tory Green next year. What? Pretty pretty cool. We we all I think assume this. If we weren't gonna get Tory Green by like year three or four, we would probably riot. Like San Diegans don't flip over cars. We're not San Francisco. But speak for yourself. We we would if we don't get Tory <laughs> Green, right? We just, just set saying. banks on fire. Yeah. Oh, I would. For sure. If we didn't have Tory Green by next season, I would definitely set things on fire. So that's pretty big. Paul, our local <laughs> merch mansion experts. How do you feel about this? How 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 do you, how did you feel when you heard the news? Tory Green's coming next year for sure. Wait, when was that? Well, you just did heard I it from not me. Hear the news? Yeah. Oh, you. Yeah, sure. You <laughs> heard it from me from the chairman after the uh, after the stone party. So they said Tory Green's definitely coming next year. That's pretty exciting. How do you, how do you feel about this? And will it? Uh, my thing is like, will it even make a dent in your like buying of merch? Will you buy more merch or will you just be like, Oh, I'm still just buying the same amount of merch, I guess. I think it's, it's the same. <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> like if it's, if it's a new Jersey, then you got to go with the new Jersey. <laughs> so it's kind of like whatever color it may be. It's kind of like, of course you want that tour green, but guess what? The locals made toy green kits already. Like I have that green. <laughs> so it's kind of like, I'm okay, but it's not going to make a difference to be honest. I mean, it's sure. kind of like, I'm glad they're fulfilling a promise. I think that's, that's the biggest thing. Well, like I, you, you've invested a lot of time in wardrobe choices that involve Tory green. So I feel like for you, they're, they're paying off that promise where you can finally wear them with something other than your beautiful locals kit that you're wearing right now. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, it's true. So I've yeah, been well, buying a lot more design. green. Yes, a lot more green. Anything in the store, annoyingly, I'm, I must not be the only one who goes to my wife and says, hey, this is Tory Green. And she goes, no, it's not. It's not not the same color. I go, oh. But yeah, everything yeah. that's like close to Tory Green, it's always like, yeah, I should buy this for no rational reason. Yeah. Every, I don't know why. Yeah, every time I go in the store, like it's always like we were trying to get Tory Green, but it would, came in this color or was pretty close but it's not i was like okay just tell me when you get the toy green instead of it's close <laughs> right and that's what we've been saying to adidas for a couple years now any any other thoughts from you guys on the uh on the jersey change up any things you'd like to see any I'd like to see some creativity in the jerseys yeah make it stand out not templates would be nice yeah it yeah. would always be a preference of every fan i think but yeah especially after um, you know, they're nice, high quality, but it would be nice to have our stamp and thing that says this uniquely San Diego loyal and mm-hmm. something that no other club has. I think that would be um, a huge thing to take. One of the other uh, things he alluded to was that we would have returning players shortly. And uh, I'll get to this in a second here. But Landon followed up with that on a Darren Smith interview today where he dropped some of those names. So pretty interesting stuff um, on that interview where he was calling in from the beach, I guess, with his kids, which is nice. If you did end your season, maybe a little earlier than you anticipated, you get to spend some time with the family, which is good. And I like to see that from Landon because I'm sure he missed he, he out deserves on a it. lot of that. Yeah, he, deserves he missed it. out on it. You does. know, hit the beach, man. Yeah, have fun. He, you know, have fun. And uh, it's just funny because they're, they're, you got to listen to the interview, but it was, it was kind of funny. So 
you had to be there. You had to be listening to the interview. You can go to the Locals Discord. There's a link in there. That's another reason to belong to the Locals Discord that we tell you where the interview is and what's in the interview. So you don't even have to listen to it if you don't need to. Which we'll tell Honestly, you. I, so, I did not listen to the interview. I just read what was in the Discord. I, I was waiting for you to put it up there so I, I didn't have to listen to I it. Had, I hadn't had a chance to uh, listen to it yet. It's too much we work. Get you, we get you either way, right? We get yeah, you going, exactly. we get you coming. Yeah. So yeah, just seagulls, he said I'll be in seagulls. San Diego for 20... <laughs> ah, seagulls. That's, yeah, that's the key, <laughs> key phrase. Well, uh, I'll be in San Diego for 2022 for sure. Great to know, especially since he did get seen by other coaching things. One of the other things Andrew did say as well that, that I forgot to touch on, he was seriously looked at by several clubs, and he said they came at him hard. Not just that like was... a, we, Yeah. That was really, really – when I did see that, that that to me was very, very interesting. Obviously, I was happy to see that, but it was like – you know, it felt like every single week a new rumor was linking Landon with a different MLS job. Um, and I know that there are a few jobs that are going to be available, and I know that there are teams around the league that would love to have Landon. So the fact that he uh, you know, is you know, still believing in this process and saying that, hey, you know – Job's not finished here in San Diego. You're like we still got more to more uh, to do. That was, you know, to me was a a pleasant surprise. I, I wasn't expecting Landon to leave, but I was, you know, as a San Diego fan, I always expect the worst. And like I said, I am, you know, very negative. So I was, you know, so the fact that he says, "Hey, you know what? You know, I'm I'm coming back." I'm like, "All right, let's get it." There's always a belief as San Diego sports fans that everything's falling off a cliff, kind of like our city. Right. I, I, there's there's some analogy in there, but the idea being that with our previous sports teams, some of them were threatening to leave every other year. Right. Partially why this team's name loyal, even with the Padres, there always feels like this holding of precious liquid that's just seeping out of our fingers every moment. Right. That every single game is just another inevitable run down. And so Landon leaving, right, feels like a very real possibility and it feels like something that's very prescient. And so to know, hey, I'm going to be here at least for another season. I really believe in this project. You know, another thing he said, I don't need to go looking. I love being here. I really love who I'm working with. And so it, it's good to have that investment from, you know, the top down, but also have the idea of he's a lighthouse that brings a lot of players, brings a lot of attention. So we'll have that at least for another season, and we'll have this project through three years. And it seems like unless there is something that is really the exact right thing for him and he's in a, the right life situation for it, then he won't be leaving us anytime soon, which is great. You guys have any other thoughts on him staying for sure? Otherwise, I'll get to the next thing he said, which is the players that he kept. Any other thoughts on him staying? Let's just jump right into the players because yeah, that's, that's all that seems to be said. Who are, these, who are these players? Who's staying? We know Jack Blake is staying. So a question from Eric Wilk. <laughs> from our discord was uh he had one other question which i'll share in a minute but who besides jack blake is coming back jack blake was signed to a multi-year contract the rest of our players were not uh most usl contracts are usually season if not several games so what we got today was on this interview him just dropping off a list of names rattling them off but i wrote them down i actually listened to it like where they sound drunk where they're like at half speed it's like Charlie Adams. Uh, that's how it sounded. But he was the first name. Not surprising. Very key in how we move the ball and what we do tactically. Charlie's back, guys. Yay, Charlie. The engine of our midfield. Yeah. The 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 London lad. No. Um, Grant Stoneman. Mm. 
is a anchor of our defense. Been here both seasons. Been a vital part of what we're doing. Seems to read the game pretty well. Unfortunately, did not read that header. But I love Grant. I love his uh, inability to somehow not sponge up yellow cards every game. <laughs> but <laughs> guys, Grant Stoneman, Stoneman is back. You got a assured Halloween costume for 2022, which is just a Stoneman jersey with yellow card. There you go. Colin Martin is back. Colin, one of our players who I think grew the most this year into a position where he was solid last year, had some really great flashes of games where he looked fantastic, but actually didn't start most of the season or wasn't as integral to the games he played versus this season. I think was him and Charlie were um, a tandem that, you know, without the two of them together, it the ball moved very differently and the way that our offense looked looked very different. Unfortunately, some games like this last one, they, they weren't quite there, but they are not the players who are supposed to be taking those shots. Him coming from the back forward was something that was way more exciting for me this year. But any other thoughts on Colin this year? I, I, I think he had a standout season in a lot of ways. I just loved watching him play. I think without him, even if we still had Charlie, the season would have gone much different. I think we would have been able to function a little bit more without Charlie, but without Colin being seemingly everywhere, in the midfield, destroying plays before they could even get started. It, it was really nice to see him see him perform. I, I thought Colin was one of our most consistent players all year, um, and I'm so, so happy that he's coming back. Um, that's about all I can say right there. I mean, that's all you ask for from a player is, you know, consistency. Uh, and the fact that it was, you know, constant, that whenever he was in there, it was always uh, consistent performances, consistent performances, consistent performances. That's what you want out of your guys. He he was never someone who led a ball by him in a way that you were like, oh, no, why not? Like, it just doesn't happen. Like, he had one of those years where he was just a trap, and everything that – every other pass it almost seemed like that we were making was to Colin and then away from Colin, right? And and so he, he just was seminal to what we're doing. And it's exciting to see that he's returning. It means that we don't have to go searching for new pieces who do these things. He's right here. Other ones that were interesting, Austin Guerrero. Name right behind me he, here. Not surprising. He been our number one most of the year. Even with talent like Dylan, who's you know just as talented, if not maybe more talented from a shot stopping standpoint. Austin does a lot of things really, really well that this these guys like from a coaching standpoint that I think is can't be overrated. And and so it's really good to have him back there and again not having to relearn or retrain and maybe not having to phase in somebody like we tried to phase Trey in this year who had a rough year with his injury. But it's one of those things where maybe you save those games and early on, if Austin's starting, maybe we don't have some games where we let in some goals, right? Just because he's a little more organized with that back line and knows what we're doing. Maybe not, but I'm excited for Austin to come back and he seems to be a fan favorite of the locals and somebody who, who really understands what we're doing and is a part of our community here in a San Diego. And so can't ask for more than that from uh, a re-signing and somebody who's been uh, a, a cornerstone here with this club. So him and Anthony Siaha. So we're not just bringing back one keeper. We're bringing back two keepers, you know, former soccer, former everything, I guess, uh, Siaha yep. uh, is coming back. He's also a guy who's hung out in the locals a bit, been around in the section with everybody. And when he's not playing and is definitely – up there and in and around. So good to have Anthony back. Biggest name that all of us should be happy for because he's our player of the year. 
meaning that he was our favorite player and the one we thought played the best, Tumi Moshabani, returning for a third straight year. Fourth or fifth, I'm not sure how many years he played before under Coach Nate when he was in Lansing, but he was a Lansing transplant along with Grant Stoneman. Both of them played with Coach Nate there, and both of them have come here to Loyal now for both of our seasons and will be returning for season three. So thoughts on Toomey, guys? I think he he really was the guy that, to me, this year signified him and Colin, right? That upgrade from last year where they went from almost on the cusp of every game being good or having flashes where they could really dominate a game for 20 to 30 minutes to being really a player that put in the work and showed every single match they were going to try and take over the, their corner of the field and do what they needed to do. Tumi's just, a, from what we would see, Tumi's just a quiet guy, keeps his head down and gets shit done. Yeah, it was man. fantastic to see him grow from his first season where he wasn't, it seemed he wasn't really comfortable, wasn't really doing much, just going through the motions to now he's the locals player of the season, leading scorer, MVP of the team. Yeah, we, we, you know, I, I don't have anything else to say about Toomey. Do you guys have anything else to say about Toomey? Because the other next person I'm going to mention is definitely Paul's fan favorite, which is Elijah Martin <laughs> is coming back. So how do you feel, Paul, when you read Elijah's coming back? Even maybe right oh, now, man. you just heard. How do you feel? Man, I, I felt like he was the one guy I was like, maybe he won't be back because maybe other teams are looking at him, but. He just has a, such a great attitude and energy, and he's so good on the field. And I don't know, he's my son's favorite player. Whenever he's like on TV or whenever he goes to the game, he's like, Where's Elijah? Or That's Elijah. I was like, I don't know. He just made that connection um, with our family. And just to be able to maybe not starting in the beginning, but to really earn his spot and solidify, like I am here, like you can't take this away from me type of thing. Um, I'm just glad we have him again. I mean, I really felt like maybe he might move on, but I'm happy to hear that he's staying. He's an X level player. He is one who could slot in somewhere and we'd be lucky to have him as their lockdown um, on that side and somebody, maybe he would be a backup in MLS, but they would know if we bring him in solid, right. Or if we're gonna have him start a game, he's going to be solid there. He's never going to let us down. I think reading his story a little bit, uh, which is profiled by black arrow FC who does great work. Uh, Garrett Richardson over there wrote a piece. It's on the USL championship website right now about Elijah as a profile. It seems like just his personal story in terms of taking some time away from the sport has that a little bit in common with Landon in some ways and just mentally wanting to be in a good place to play somewhere where he loves to be is more important than anything else to him, which is you can't ask for more in a player than that, right? That's what they love, like that they love to be here. They love to be with us and doing, they're vibing off what we're vibing off of, right? Like that to me, and it's, it's helping them get to a place where they feel like this is what they always wanted to do, right? That's, that's where Elijah feels like he's at, and I think – Again, he's next level talent. I would never be surprised if somebody came sniffing around and, and you know made a transfer request for him. But I'm always glad um, when he's on the field because it's pretty much once or twice a game I go, thank God for Elijah <laughs> that he's out there because you know what looks like it's going to be a surefire deep cutting run or going to probably produce a goal just gets cut out right on that side before it even comes comes even closer to the center. So 
Good to have uh, him Paul, back. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. I feel like I keep jumping in before Drew's done no, talking. No, you're good, bro. Uh, Paul, your son and I have something in common because Elijah's also my favorite player. And uh, I mean, again, another thing that I've talked about with Bullock ad nauseum is I feel like Elijah is just just like Colin has been, you know, one of, was one of our most consistent players all season. Um, and, uh, I'm, I'm so happy that Elijah's coming back. And also, um, yeah, that story by black arrow FC was tremendous. Shout out to them because they do a tremendous job, um, just, uh, telling, you know, different stories of, of, of black people in soccer. And I believe that those are stories that need to be told. Um, so yeah, shout out to them as well. That story about Elijah was absolutely absolutely tremendous excellent it's it really is just you know great stuff so everybody here required reading you got homework tonight or whenever you listen to this you, you got to go and read that article if you haven't already check it out if you've been on the interweb in the last three days you should have read it already so take a look the other final player that he listed after he said elijah martin and then after like i think like 30 seconds he was saying some other stuff and he's like oh yeah Morgan Hackworth is coming back too. So we got Morgan Hackworth coming back for a season three here. Son of former Louisville head coach. Uh, but which is really funny that like, that was the whole thing. We're going to play his dad. And then by the time we played his dad's team, his dad wasn't the coach anymore, but he, he has been a player. We've seen improve and just, you know, very smart player seems to be very uh, ball intelligent um, in terms of making the right decisions towards the ball as well as off the ball and somebody i'm i'm excited to see tommy's your favorite player right uh, you're, you're pretty it's an evertonian players. hell yeah. yeah yeah hell yeah embodies so, the club of bodies everton blue collar get yeah. shit done he is he's, he's a worker and keeps changing up he had a different hairstyle this year than he did last year so maybe he'll have a different hairstyle in year three we'll find out but exciting to see players that have come in were here and you, you didn't know with Morgan would he even be back for season two came back for season two had a different look uh almost playing in a little bit different fashion season three what's that going to bring just being more invested in the squad he also seems to be one of those guys who off the field seems to be somebody's a real clubhouse uh builder right you know the opposite of a clubhouse cancer somebody who really embraces everybody else and help sponge around. You see him always just kind of hanging out with everybody in, in different uh, settings uh, with different players. So really good to see just this core group of people who enjoy working together, obviously continue to stay together and it's not an assurance in this league. So very exciting to see any hot takes otherwise on the end of the season and what happened here. Otherwise we're going to shift into uh, another question. Hot takes. Anybody? Anybody? Stop hot crossing takes? the ball. I don't think that's a hot, a hot take. take. I think it's, that's a. It's <laughs> not even a hot take. I just want to get that out there. Just stop yeah. crossing the damn ball. Everyone, I think everyone would agree with that. Yeah, I think that's kind of what we were saying with tactics, which was we we love crossing, and by that we don't. But you need to vary it up, right? And it felt a little bit redundant, especially in a game where we couldn't produce, and certain other games where we just haven't been able to fire a goal in, where all we're doing is crossing. It, it becomes frustrating after a bit. So I would say it's definitely not a hot take, but definitely something where maybe maybe it is. I don't know. Maybe maybe to certain years it is. It's, it's Otherwise, definitely not a hot take. I just no, want to throw that out there. No, it's not. But I, it's a very like lukewarm, like under a blanket for 30 minutes tank. That's, that's the kind of cake, take it is. Cake? Now I want cake. Um, so 
You guys going to watch the rest of the playoffs? We, we watched our team not, not win, and weirdly, we could have ended up with a home game if we would have won. We're not going to talk about any of that. Are you going to watch the playoffs? Are you going to watch Oakland versus Orange County? No. Okay. No. Are you going to watch RGB versus that. San Antonio? No? Anybody? Maybe. Maybe. Okay. No, nah, I'm probably not going not gonna to watch All the right. playoffs. You know. Yeah, we'll see. I... I don't know. It just was so shocking to be out of it that it's like, huh. And uh, with Phoenix, I would definitely root against Phoenix, right? I'd watch that and hate watch it, root against Phoenix. A couple teams that I'd like definitely have strong feelings about. Orange County, definitely don't want to see them win. But Oakland, you know, they played hard against us. I'd, I'd like to see them advance, but at the same time, I kind of feel like, man, how do they get an advance? And here we are, right? Like, I wish I had their matchup, right, in the first first round there where they sucker punched El Paso. That would have been nice. But El Paso had a great season, too. So I don't know. I'm with you guys. I think I'm going to find myself somewhere else when they might be on TV. Maybe I'll put them on the phone, on the iPad. But uh, we'll see what happens there. Maybe we'll be cherry-picking some talent. You know, big soccer budget. Something to watch there. So, we're talking players? about, man, we're going, after, we're going after Mbappe. Come on, man. Yeah, That's we, where our money's going. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly where we're going. So one of the things we'll talk about in the post-show, too, I see you guys in the comments lighting up some players who weren't here. We'll do that a little bit in the post show just to talk about players. Maybe we wanted to see come back that didn't, but let's move on just to kind of wrap up the show here around the hour mark. The, one of the major questions was um, just generally at the end of the watch party, man, this is over. Are we going to see each other again? When are we going to see each other again? Next March, February, when's that going to be? So Sean Duffy asked in our discord, can we do an end-of-the-season party for the locals? Well, Sean, yes, we can. And we're probably going to. And by probably, I mean we're going to. It just depends on where we're going to find his a apartment. date. At Sean's apartment. We just have to take turns, five people at a time, as he said <laughs> in the Discord. <laughs> but if we don't have it at Sean's apartment, we would like to have it somewhere where there's a venue that could host you know, 50 to 100 people pretty you know, easily in terms of, how many people, as we saw, could show up to Stone? Now I'm pretty wary. I was like, oh, maybe it's, you know, just get a brewery, get whatever. But it's, you, you got to call people ahead of time and have a plan. That's what we figured out, right? We got to have the right tactics uh, when we're bringing people in. So we're definitely going to do something in the first couple weeks of December. We just want to find the right place, the right date. And then we will send it out to everybody probably here in the next week or two. So just keep your eyes peeled to the social medias. Actually, don't do that. That's bad for your eyes. Check reasonable you know, updated times, maybe like midday, then the end of the day or whatever. So you guys have any thoughts? You guys want to make an ugly sweater party? You want to do whatever? No? Gingerbread. I want to build gingerbread houses. Okay. Ugly sweater gingerbread house party. Cool. Um, You know what? Hey. At at, at Duffy's apartment. At Duffy's apartment. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. That sounds good. Well, let's just the, there's four of us and Sean Duffy, so we could do that. Just the five of us. It sounds good. Yeah, perfect. And then you know a hundred other people just waiting outside. No problem. Well, they can go do their. So, own. They can do, do their own thing. They could. Yeah. It's, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um. One more thing to talk about before we wrap up here, which is we don't have any more opportunities to cheer on our team until 2022 as we've discussed thoroughly throughout this podcast one of the things that we like to do though is support other local clubs and our club's been doing a good job of it they were rooting them on 
today and and since they've gone out of their season, which is uh, on social, rooting on 1904, promoting um, the new women's club here in town, as well as uh, being a partner to the soccers and, and helping them out. So all three of those opportunities you're going to have here to engage as a local fan and hopefully we'll take advantage one of the things i wanted to ask you guys about was just to wrap up the show here nwsl new in town didn't have a name now has a name no crest no colors yet maybe san diego wave football club how are we feeling paul how are you feeling you gonna buy the shirt uh i didn't buy anything from their <laughs> from oh, their latest drop because i know because I know the the crest and the official stuff's going to come out in sometime in December. So I was like, well, I really want to wear this knowing that I can wear the crest anyways later on. So I was like, meh, I'll hold off and wait for the real thing. Yeah. But I did get, I am, I am getting like the, That's why we asked the NWSL scarf. So. Yeah, I've got one of those NWSL scarves. They look pretty good. Got an NW, I got an NWSL hat. But it's old news. They're San Diego Wave yeah. now. You gotta have, you gotta be with the wave. Yeah. <laughs> Never let anyone ride your wave. In the words of the great Quavo. Most people listening don't even know who that is, so I don't even know why I said that. <laughs> pretty good. I think, it's gonna, pretty I think good. that's gonna be in one of one of the ends, Nate. I think they're gonna have a huge poster that just says, "Don't let anybody." <laughs> oh my goodness! Yes. If anyone knows who Quavo is. Then I do y'all know who that is or no? I know who he is. I don't really listen to him. Okay, right. I know of Quavo. Yeah. Yes. Okay, I know the name. I know the All name. Right. Yeah. yeah. Give y'all a little bit more credit, but um, he's a rapping yeah. surfer. That's that's what. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He raps and his whole beat is just surf uh, music. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I you know what I. When I when I saw Senegal Wave, I wasn't in love with it when I first saw it. But then I also think about the fact that like two years ago, I wasn't in love with the name Senegal Loyal. So like I'm sure within the next within the next few months, I will open up to it. Um, I mean, it's, NWSL for me, names I'm, are yeah. NWSL names can be different too. They're a little bit yeah. different. They've all got a feel that melds together. They all sound good together, but they're definitely a little bit different than other soccer names in certain ways. But not bad. Like Sky Blue FC, not really a name you might have somewhere else but it really works for their league right so um stuff like that you know chicago red stars stuff like that that just have a little bit interesting names but i don't i don't think they don't work but they're i i, I agree nate i think it'll, it'll be a grower not a shower it's one of those where as san diegans i think we always feel bad when somebody tries to boil our experience into one name right that's kind of the way we look at it we're like you're boiling our entire experience as a county that's extremely diverse you know topography and and people wise into just a singular name and so it's always really hard <laughs> for anyone to do but it'll be interesting to see what the crest i think looks like for sure that's going to be the big thing is where does that go but we appreciate them bringing something to the soccer community and trying and especially the people trying to bring a supporters group over there good luck let us know how we can help and assist just even if it's getting coffee or beers and you know talking about what went wrong as, as much as what went right but this group is amazing. Everybody's done an incredible job. I think one thing we kept saying near the end of the year, and I think it reigns completely true, is that everybody here in 109, as well as the people part of the locals community and, and Chavos as well, um, it is 
just a wonderful group of people to be a part of. And it's one of those things where we did our job, right, is what we said. We did our job. We showed up. We did our job. And we did a hell of a job. So I think to all of us, hats off. I literally took my hat off for, for people watching. Okay, hold on. Hats off. You didn't have to, Tom. Your hair looks No, good. I'm not even wearing a hat. It, Tom, I didn't realize this was a hat. Nate party. took off a metaphorical hat. So oh, and Paul and Paul, left. <laughs> Paul Paul dropped, but he'll be back because because Paul wants us to add the, end the podcast because I was going to be like Paul, let's talk about Instagram. So we'll do that in the post show. But I want to I do want to wrap up here since we had a nice nice moment talking about um, what we've all done here this year and and thank you to everybody. Tom, last thoughts. I'll go to everybody for last thoughts and we'll close out. Tom, last thoughts. Stop crossing the ball. Stop crossing the ball, Tom. Stop says. crossing the ball. And he wonders why we don't bring him back on the podcast. He just <laughs> says the same thing over and over. I'm just kidding. Tom, it's been wonderful having you. I appreciate Paul. you inviting me back on. Of course, Tom. Anytime. Paul, except for not all the time. Just every <laughs> once in a while. <laughs> That's Paul, last thoughts? I'm um, just uh, so grateful and thankful for the locals and Chavos for for really making the supporter section like the place to be like i can't imagine just sitting down and watching a game anymore so really made the experience like something to look forward to so thank you everyone totally nate any words before we close i mean yeah just you know Thank you to everyone, um, everyone in leadership that I know how hard y'all work getting to the stadium early to set everything up. And, you know, to everyone in the locals, Chavos, like we brought it every single match. Like you said, Drew, you know, we did our job um, every single week. Um, and just I'm so uh, grateful and blessed to be a part of this group and that, uh, you know, all the people that. I've gotten to know, uh, and, and all the new friends that I've made, even over the, you know, even over this season alone, um, cannot, uh, thank y'all enough and, and, and tell y'all enough how much I appreciate each and every one of you. Uh, even you, Tom, love you, buddy. You're going to make me cry. <laughs> Smoke brothers over here. Brothers, Yes. Yes. Oh, oh my gosh. That sure. is that's our new sure. nickname. That's yeah, a good no yep. There yeah, you go. There you go. Thank you, Drew. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. the, You're not getting any royalties. I'm not. I got a fungineer who's part of the Smoke Bros. We love you guys. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. We're going to have a season recap pod next week uh, with kind of a reflection on the entire season and what it meant. So definitely tune in. We may have somebody who's been on the podcast a lot before come back. I don't know. We'll see. It's I'm me. whispering. It's me. I'll be there. Years, He's got ears like a like a Doberman. I don't know. I was thinking of some sort of dog. So if he hears, oh, he... Oh, okay. But, yeah, stay tuned. We love you, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, everybody. Peace.